Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expand upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I bring to you Part 3 of a seven-part Advent worship series entitled Impossible, with today's message specifically uh, entitled Joy Made Possible, based off of Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. So let us dive into the Word today. Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There, the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of God. Would this news strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees? Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will spring, it, excuse me, it will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Amen. God's deliverance of Israel and of us is cause for joyful celebration, human celebration, and the celebration of all creation. When growing up, people would tell me I had a beautiful voice. My elementary school music teacher especially would, tell, would always tell me that I sounded like I belonged in the Vienna Boys Choir. And I heard that from other people as well. I had one of those voices. But as is the case, puberty hit and my voice changed. I went from being a boy alto to a tenor, as it were. And there was more masculinity in my voice as, well, I mean, that's how hormones work, right? Like, so I remember one time visiting my elementary school teacher while probably a junior in high school and... I shared with her the music that my band had recorded and I was the lead singer and her response was, wow, cool, yeah. I used to love your voice as a little kid. I still wish it sounded that way. No joke. That was, 
That was her response, which hit me like, you know, at that time, like a bag of bricks, as it would any insecure teenager, right? So my confidence in my own voice was shot. From that point on, I tried to change it, made it deeper, because I didn't think I was good enough singing high anymore, which actually made me sing worse because uh, I have a higher voice by nature, and to try to sing lower than my range is, you know, singing lower or higher than your range. Higher sometimes you can hit if, you, if you're good enough, um, and it's a challenge, but, you know, going too high or too low is, is not a good thing. You know, you're, you're going to crack, you're going to, it's all sorts of things, you know, and there's ways to avoid that. But yeah, you know, like my, this profession, this perception, excuse me, defined me and my music writing for years because of how I perceived my own natural voices, excuse my own, my own natural voice through the words of my former music teacher. Wow. I used to love your voice as a kid. I wish it still sounded that way. All the way up until I met my friend Eugene, who heard the kind of tenor range I could hit, and he really built my confidence back up because A, he had a great voice, there's no denying his talent, and B, because he kept telling me what a voice I had and kept challenging me to sing with him and hit higher notes. That encouragement brought about confidence in my ability, which brought about tr a transformation in the way I approached singing as well as my vocal ability. Now, I know my voice and my vocal abilities and have been blessed with opportunities to use them since this point, you know, like now I know them. I, I know what I can do. And I find joy in singing when and where I'm able to. But what about on a larger scale? Let's look at the fact that during a time of pandemic and isolation, when our church, my church, you know, was shrinking in ways we could have never predicted, and all churches were, our Sunday school at my church, our Sunday school superintendent kept the ball rolling, kept the kids engaged, when we returned in person, the kids returned as well because they weren't forgotten about over those couple of years. And what's more, because of, this, of that, the Sunday school is growing and we have more kids in church now than we have ever since I've been here. So think about the joys. Excuse me. Think about the joy that sows. Joy in the kids. Joy in the parents. Joy in our church as we see young ones build their relationship with Jesus. Friends, as the body of Christ, we can help one another find joy in supporting one another as we continually grow closer to God and to one another. The coming of Jesus, something many didn't think possible, is a source of transformative joy for all creation. This type of joy is not simply a state of happiness or good pleasure. Joy is dependent on who Jesus is and what Jesus offers, rather than on what is happening around us. It is a deep-seated, 
and pervasive way of being that can sustain us even through difficulties and times when we don't feel happy. In Isaiah, we see three ways joy is at work. First, the joy of all creation. In verses 1 through 2 and 6b through 7, the passages describe the joy of creation. The earth, the earth itself blossoms in the desert where that didn't seem possible and creation itself sings out praises to God. Just like peace with you know, just like with peace and hope in the last two weeks readings, the prophet Isaiah here is describing a promised future. This joyful celebration of all creation may seem impossible and hard to imagine, especially as our planet and environment face grim challenges today. But in the gift of Jesus, God in the world with and for us, we have been given a promise of redemption for all creation. This promise is really, I mean, this promise is the source of joy. It's the source of our joy, and it allows us to experience joy here and now. In the meantime, Advent teaches us to wait actively for that day by preparing for it. And let's be honest, only God can make the dry land glad and the desert rejoice and blossom. However, if we believe in God's promise to do this, it belongs to us to prepare for its fulfillment. This might be a time, for instance, uh, for us to think about caring for the earth and environmental stewardship. Like, what would it look like for us to faithfully anticipate God's deliverance for all creation? And if you're not in my congregation, what would it look like for your congregation to do that? Next, we come across transformative joy. In verses 3 through 6a, the passage highlights the transformative power of joy. After describing a joy-filled creation, Isaiah describes the people being encouraged, praying for strength and and courage for those who are suffering, who are weak and afraid. I'll say that again. After describing a future joy-filled creation, Isaiah describes the people being encouraged, praying for strength and courage for those who are suffering, weak, and afraid. In Isaiah chapter 35, verse 4, it says, Say to those with Faithful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Your God is coming. This is the message of Christmas, too, that here 
in this Jesus is our God. In Isaiah chapter 35, verse 4, the prophet says, he is coming to save you. It may not be the vengeful type of salvation pictured in Isaiah, but it is most definitely a salvation that strengthens and casts out fear. This God, the God we see in Jesus, is the source and reason for our joy. The joy of his salvation is what transforms us from weakness and fear to strength and courage as we await the day when all creation will celebrate. And finally, in today's scripture passage, we see human joy on the way. The image of a path, journey, or way comes up a lot in scripture, by the way. We saw it in week one, too. When we talked about learning God's way, uh, ways of peace, that we may walk in his paths. Here again in verse 8, we learn about a holy highway to this place of peace, hope, and joy. Jesus, my friends, Jesus is the way, as revealed in John chapter 14, verse 6, that we travel on this Christian life. In the waiting time of Advent, the image of a highway reminds us that waiting is not passive nor stationary. While we wait for what only God can do, we also move forward on God's way. And, as described in verses 8-10, through 10, we get to experience joy along the way. And by the way, joy is not reserved for the destination. It is a deep abiding presence on the journey. This joy can and will lead us toward seeing the impossible become possible, to see the possible become reality. Now, we can encourage one another as we journey the path God is calling us to follow. Recognizing and celebrating one another is a great way for transformation to flourish. So what can each of us do today or this week to lift up one another in our journeys of faith? Or you might consider looking at it from this angle. What needs to shift to start looking for and experiencing real joy in what Jesus has done. Instead of expecting to find our joy in things that can only give us temporary happiness or pleasure, and that will often disappoint. How might we tap into that deeper source of joy as we travel toward Christmas this year? And how can we as a church community, whether you're in my church or you're in your own church, either way, how can we as a church community use this season of Advent and the start of a new year as a time to make what we once thought of as impossible, possible? I'll ask that again. What can we as a church community use this season of Advent and the start of a new year 
as a time to make what we thought what we once thought of as impossible possible what in our own community needs to be transformed through the coming of Christ so that the world may have more joy again as i have the past couple of weeks prayer i, I want to invite you to prayerfully walk around your neighborhood town community assess and assess the needs then bring those needs to our church's attention and we can work together serving those as christ called us to do and by the way and bringing them into uh, bringing us closer to them and bringing them closer to christ and his kingdom and we all by the way, can do this. It doesn't matter what community we serve in. We can bring needs to our church's attention. And by God, if we're the church of Christ, no matter what denomination, we will respond to those needs. And in doing so, that will bring us closer to those people who are in need, as well as bringing them closer to us and to Christ and to his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this uh, hopeful and yet challenging message. Hopeful in that, you know what? You have really, really empowered us to be your hands and feet. And there is much we can do if we just open our hearts to it. Challenging in that we have to open our hearts to it and allow you to transform us so that we may bring your hope, your joy, your peace, and your love into the lives of all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, uh, again, it's been great having you here, and I hope uh, you are getting something out of this. I do want to invite you to check out our episode notes. Uh, in there you'll find links to give. If this is your main weekly spiritual sustenance uh, and you can give, that would be great. If you support another community and this is just supplemental, uh, by all means keep supporting them. But in all things, give with a joyful heart. And remember, you are richly blessed, so you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. Mm-hmm.